Mic check. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chris Coca podcast. If this is your first time here, you are welcome. If you always listen, please thank you very much. Keep listening, and you are also welcome. As you are aware, this Chris Coca podcast is here to demystify the era of the three C's: accelerator change, overwhelming complexity, tremendous competition. Today, I have a very interesting, amazing guest. He's my peer mentor. But before we go today, there's one topic I'm really passionate about. Where I think we're in an era where everybody feels by you should figure things out, things should go out the way you want. But I feel life is not supposed to be like that. I mean, there are so many times things don't go as planned, but they actually go as it's supposed to be, right? I think um, Steve Jobs said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect it looking backwards. So the title of this episode is Connecting the Dots and Being Grateful. Connecting the Dots and Being Grateful. Um, I want to use this episode to inspire someone. Maybe things didn't turn out the way it was supposed to turn out, but later it turned out as it should have turned out. So for today's episode, we have a very wonderful guest. I mean, I really like his story. Things didn't turn out the way it was supposed to for him. I mean, as he planned, but it turned out better. He was rejected by Legon Medical School. But the story is interesting. I will not give you a spoiler. I would like him to give you the spoiler. Hey, Brian. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hi, Cookies. Oh, sorry, Richmond. What should I do in this show? <laughs> Brian, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Hi. Fine, thank you, Brian. How are you doing? I'm also doing well, Charlie. Just, you know, surviving this Accra. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you're welcome to podcast i'm really happy you are here <laughs> you, i'm really good to invite you like i feel so honored you have no idea like I have <laughs> thank you for making time for me because right now you are please listeners brian tell it brian cv ivy lego please i am nowhere near please you can please introduce yourself to my listeners Okay, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Brian Fleischer. Um, you can also call me Niam. Okay, continue. It's complicated, but my father's, name, my father's last name is Flesher Jolly, too. He only gives us the Flesher. Everywhere I go, people assume I'm a vocation. And then there comes me, Mr. Blackie T. Black. <laughs> But anyways, I am currently um, a medical student at the Yale School of Medicine. I'm just about to start my second year next year. And aside being a medical student, I am also one of the peer mentors, as Chris already mentioned, with Innovate Ghana. And we run a high school and tertiary focused design challenges. And students and entrepreneurs to think about social problems in their communities and develop then using human with steam resources yeah aside innovate ghana another thing that takes a lot of my time and this is sort of a passion project 
at school. It's called Fleev Ghana. And Fleev is something that, and I, I'll probably share the story later on, it's really passionate to me because it really hits close to home. But we run a college access program for high achieving but low income student leaders who do not have any resources to continue on to the university out um, at um, when they are done with high school. So we assist them to apply to colleges in the US, in Canada, and oh. in Ghana and help, you know, them your scholarships for that so yeah that's a little bit about me and a few of the things i do during my free time wow listeners if you are listening and you want to school abroad i mean you just got a connection you can reach out to me i'll help you reach out to brian and we move (laughs) yeah we are here to help everyone so um brian has discussed today's episode and we are talking about connecting the dots and being grateful i want to take steve jobs quote he said you cannot connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has always made all the difference in my life. And I feel you have an amazing story to share. And I mean, story to inspire someone. I know you have told me that story, but I want to bring you on to also tell someone this story i mean to inspire someone usually we all plan and figure things out that this is how life is supposed to turn out but life doesn't turn out that way but at that point (laughs) at that point you cannot it's sad but you have to move on right i want to use your story i mean a part of your story um at the beginning when you're in coin as you wanted to go to Legon, it didn't turn out i want you to tell us that story now looking back how things really worked out for you and yeah okay so you want me to tell the sort of getting into med school story yes right? getting into med okay. school how you yeah the rejections and up and all right from Legon to yeah i don't mind at all and yeah. so um i just want to begin by saying that this particular quote by steve jobs um, yeah. I did my undergrad at Stanford, and Stanford is in the heart of Silicon Valley. And so, like, you have a lot of people who come into college who literally idolize Steve Jobs. They see him as a demigod, and I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> and so, it's like, you hear his name so many times and the quote so many times that it's really easy to roll your eyes at it and feel like, ah, oh, this is yet wow. another privileged and accomplished person who is just trying to sound wise and sage, right? But I would encourage you to actually try to watch there. There's, it was a commencement video in which he said this quote. And in so many ways, that video has really impacted my life in terms of the decisions I strive to make. And looking back to, I can in so many ways relate with the content of the video because like Steve, he was not immune from things like, you know, failures and setbacks and disappointments and delay and changes to a set plan that he had also developed. But ultimately being flexible and adaptable and being willing to innovate given his circumstances proved to be very useful. So I encourage you, if you have 20 minutes, just go watch the video. I think it's a Steve Jobs comment. Commencement speech. At Stanford, yes, yeah. just, just Google it. We don't want to sell it anymore to you. <laughs> but yeah, my story. So, um, 
I sort of like grew up in a home. I'd say my parents were very progressive enough to include us in the decision-making process at a very young age. So away from JHS, I knew I sort of wanted to do the sciences. You know, in Ghana, you're exposed to a few courses, right? So engineering, medicine, law, oh, blah, blah. Law. <laughs> I, I really looked up to doctors then. Like I had the affinity for medicine and what I knew. But then when I went to Aquinas, um, I'm a proud Utah, by the way. When I went to Aquinas, I realized that in so many ways, the things that I was interested in did not fit the, what do we call it? The perfect sort of like prototype of who uh, an independent doctor would be. In the sense that, you know, in high school, people try to compartmentalize people into boxes right it's like yeah. if you're a science student especially if you're a brilla boy in some schools you can't be a prefect you can't be in any other clubs you, you have, have to learn for and... the school <laughs> right right and here was i with an affinity for public speaking president i wanted to be a prefect and so i became the health prefect and i did a bunch of other things within the science lab and the science and math based team that's where in so many ways not stereotypical right but then it's like right there and then was that's like if you need to do something i'm truly passionate about i won't let it pass and i feel like you know like that's something that a lot of people do not yet have the the patience and the grace to grant themselves to do simply because it doesn't fit into a particular plan or a particular schedule for their life should be. Okay, so fast forward, and I'll say this is probably the most important life, time in my life. We yeah. finish WASI, we go do the science and math quiz. You know, but Biden that boy. Yeah, <laughs> and I was one of the representatives for the school. So we go do it, you know, we had really high hopes, we had really prepared and the rest. I was doing my prayers and fasting and my studying and whatnot. And lo and behold, you know, God will have it that uh, at the very semi-finals, we would lose out by two points. So that was the first <laughs> blow. <laughs> that was the first blow. Semi-finals, lose out by two points. I came home with, I tell you, tragic like really bad. like every night for like three weeks i was dreaming about how like, you could have won anyways my very good friend kontoma won kontoma actually it's fine when the second blow came when the wasi results came out everyone was expecting me to sort of like get eight a's but what did you get we're about to get a cookie, Tebe. So the results came out, and here was I, Brian Fleischer, with, I mean, it, it's not bad, six A's and two B's. Oh, you like, did well. I did well. I did well. I think what was the most painful aspect about that was that English, me that I was debate club president, Charlie. Joe Leto. <laughs> English, I had a B3. If I wow. tell you I was disappointed in my an understatement. Wow. But I disbelieve. But you know, I've always believed in this power. So I was like, you know, let me still apply to medical school. I would still have the chance. You know, God works with miracles. It's an opportunity to come to glorify himself and whatnot. <laughs> you know, so a lot of people kept telling me, Brian, I think you should change your major. I think you should consider other things, you know, perhaps, you know, another sort of strong science thing. But I was like, you know, all my life, I've always known I wanted to be a doctor. And at that oh. time, too, 
I was in the space where I wasn't giving myself the freedom to consider other career options. Yeah. So I was really stuck with my ground, you know, hoping for a miracle. And then I heard that, you know, the you know how they send an invitation for an interview had come out. Yeah. I wasn't called. I still kept praying. I was even hoping that you know some by some miracle, even though I didn't get the invitation, but my results came out, I would get the and then that happened and yeah, it came out and I had food processing engineering. Oh, in Legon. Okay. In Legon, yeah. Which is oh. not a bad course, but it was nowhere yeah. on my radar. I didn't even know it existed because I didn't even choose it. <laughs> yeah, my mom still teases me to date on that in the rest. And I think a third blue was also the harsh reality of growing up in a low-income family, in the sense that and my parents truly couldn't afford my university education. I mean, high school, in fact, my church had to step in to pay my fees for some of the time. And so there was the real reality that if I didn't get medicine, at least I felt like if I had gotten medicine, I could have made an honest plea to some family members or benefactors to support me. Because, you know, I would be a family doctor. But here was I going to do food processing engineering, a course I was not passionate about, a course I knew nothing about. And yeah. In fact, I almost gave up on myself before I didn't have even the impetus to look for funding. So that wow. stage in my life, Charlie, I yeah. was king. I I felt dejected by God. I felt unsure about my future. I felt I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to move forward and the rest. Yeah. And a few things started coming. So I decided to start writing because it was one of the few things I had the time to do. And there is, I remember like I wrote this mini novel and I was really hard trying to get it published. And there yeah. is, when I was in high school, we had done the science project. Um, we we're converting wood ash and, and other sorts of uh, electricity into electricity to charge things like mobile phones in the race. So okay. we, yeah, we had done that and won the science and tech fair the year before. And we were supposed to represent Ghana in South Africa, but unfortunately that didn't come on. Hey, then that year was really tough for you. Pardon? I said then that year was really tough for you. Oh yes. And so I oh, Charlie. <laughs> and so I went back to my high school to continue working on the project and the rest. So during that we got invited by the Ladino Kotopo Municipal Assembly to represent the district at a national science competition. Um, and we did okay. and we actually won again. And so I did like the writing, uh, you know, the science project, helping out with the quiz team and teaching on the side just to while away time about all sort of like recalibrating and figuring out my future and then one one fateful day i i got a, uh, like a call from mr martin yaboa he's the ceo of apex Ghana, apex hub limited and okay. as a backstory when i was my second year mr yaboa had come to my school by then we were the defending champions so he made sense to come to aquinas to sort of like recruit and to sort of in, in, encourage the school to be receptive, he promised to give one student a full scholarship to EFIX. So thankfully, I was a student that received that. So I did the classes in Form 2, but then I wrote the exam and I didn't do well at all on the SAT. Like, it was really bad. And so when I came back to school, it wasn't on the radar. Like, I had the SAT, right? Yeah. I was doing science and math quiz and WASIT. So I remember this come out. I knew I wasn't going to go to school. I was just doing all of these other sidekicks. And Mr. Bob called me. Mr. Bob was like, Brian, I need you to come to Apex tomorrow. And let's discuss. So I get to Apex and Mr. Bob is like, you know, I need you to come and pay half of the money for your SAT registration and I'll give you tuition for free or the deal is off. 
And Charlie, this is me from my background with no money, no support and everything. My parents couldn't at that moment. And I knew they tried, but just that the money wasn't up, right? And so yeah. I started, you know, contacting all of my friends and family members, people I'd never, I'm, I, I find it very difficult asking for help, especially financial. Yeah. I had to put pride aside and the rest. Yeah. And I you're a very good friend of mine, Cletus, wherever you are, shout out to you. You will never be out of the <laughs> was able to help me come up with the fact but i was a day late so i get to afx right i get to afx i quickly pay for the sat right downstairs and they tell me show the results to mr Heboa. so i go upstairs to mr Heboa, and this man is like no you were a day late you are not serious i give this opportunity to so many of your seniors they were not serious about it i'm not helping you anymore it's the deal is off wow very dejected, unsure of what it was. Like God is opening the door, but this door is shutting. And the rest. <laughs> when I come downstairs, wow. Auntie Sherry, who processed my application, is like, "Oh, Mister, but we already mailed those. Days, you have to mail the forms to the US. We already yeah. mailed the forms to the US. Brian is already gone." And from God and the rest. So Mister, about like, okay, sure. Since he's already invested, and I have to come for drastic. So by the grace of God, that was when I started studying for the ACT. And I took it very serious. Anyone who will see that. Like this was like a, the one opportunity I had. And so I wasn't going to yeah. really serious. So it was a lot of struggle through a test that I was unfamiliar with. And a test I'd already written and not done well. But by the grace of God, I did really well to the point that when we wrote that that particular sitting, I was one of the best three on in the country oh, when we wrote. Yeah. And so by wow. then it was like a lot of new doors had been opened to me, right? So yeah. I took the uh, after I took the test, I started thinking about schools in the US, and, and that was when I started learning about the US college applications process and this was my first sort of like look back recollection of how to connect the dots i realized that the u.s application process in so many ways favored a student like me a student with very diverse interests which do not all of the time make sense a student yeah. who in so many ways had gone to demonstrate just do your extracurricular activities or your community service work and ultimately your students would overcome some form of resilience and were still pushing on right and so when i presented my sort of like semi cv there i i realized that oh the the consultants at effect were like oh you seem to be a sort of competitive applicant right during debates yeah. and science and math quiz with speaking and the choir and all of all of these other things right so we started yeah. looking at the most competitive schools and that was when I started thinking of a school like Stanford and how Stanford, you know, could really better my chances of eventually getting into medical school. Because when I was going to the US, I still had sort of like med school in mind because of something okay. that had happened when I was in the US. So yeah, we did applications. Yes, I applied and I got to wait. I got deferred to regular application which meant that they weren't going to consider my application to make a decision in March. And you know, that is usually a sign that, oh, you are not as competitive, right? So again, wow. another, wow. Another setback. <laughs> but I felt like that gave me the sort of like extra fuel to really, really dig into things I was passionate about. 
It's just so I could better my chances of dying. So I remember William and I, he's my best friend from high school, went as far as, you know, reaching out to Airtel about our project and trying to make it like a thing for high school students. I tried to get my book published. I was really, really working hard on that. I was volunteering more and putting myself out there more, right? So by the time Stanford Act, because Stanford asked you to submit an update of what you've been up to, I had really competitive things to include in my application. So come March, by the grace of God, I applied to eight schools and I go into seven and they all gave me a full ride scholarship. Wow. Yes, and so that was how I ended up at a school like Stanford University. Hey. But then, Again, then that wasn't the end of the journey because if you're conversant with the US medical school system, you have to be pre-med for your undergrad or you have to um, do a first degree before applying to medical school. It's not like the rest of the world where you can apply straight to medical school from high school. In the US, they want you to have a first degree in something else, get some form of living experiences, you know, college experiences, and then come to medical school as a full adult which has taken on some responsibilities and can attend to patients and their families. Oh, but the okay. thing is, in the, the acceptance process for international students to US medical schools was less than 0.01%. Hey! <laughs> really tiny. And wow. so you have a lot, I've seen a lot of international come to the US who are pre-med, but I just like, you know, I mean, a lot of them further discover their interests and their passion, right? Because, because a lot of people are truly not passionate about medicine for being honest. People go into it because it provides job security, family, family influences, and the rest. So when you get to the US and there are so many courses available to you, they begin to really discover what they are interested in, right? Right. But then for me, I knew enough about myself then to know that at least it was something I wanted to pursue, but I was also not that rigid. I was interested in also pursuing other things like health policy, healthcare financing, and, and other things, right? So at Stanford, and this is something I really would want to share, I made a decision to, you know, let the future take care of itself, but prepare towards the future. And let me explain that more. If let I the was future to- take care of itself, but prepare for, for the future, future. in nice. the sense that i wasn't going to let that sort of like major hedge i would have to overcome impede me from being happy about where i was you get me and i was also going to make sure that i was working hard towards building or making sure that that future header would be even less difficult to surmount and so whilst i was at stanford one of the things i, was, I, I constantly did was like I would look at opportunities around me at any given time and I would take advantage of it. I think that's one thing we are not able to do these days. I don't know whether the Ghanaian environment limits us or we are not looking actively for opportunities to take advantage of them. But the thing is, Kukish, right? Yes, I agree. The US definitely has more opportunities for exploration and what's But I also know students like you. I know students like Kojo. I know students like Kesewa who had the education in the US and have made a in Ghana, in Ghana. quite <laughs> yes, so education in Ghana. But I've also, you know, made quite a CV for themselves and I've done so many things that I as a friend I'm always pronounced. Do you get me? And so I'm like, you know other students we come into contact with through innovate Ghana, through Fleeve, through different you know circles that you know are like really 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 doing really amazing things in Ghana and continue to inspire others so I would say yes I I acknowledge that it is a little bit more difficult to explore 
advantage of opportunities in a system that does not provide many. But that doesn't mean they aren't at all those opportunities. Okay. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but I was, but I got really interested in health policy, and so I joined the Model United Nations team. That hey, exposed. And that was a team I had no That was like no, human biology, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was human biology. New for me because I don't debate. I've never done Model UN before. But I, I, I actually joined so I could travel the US on Stanford money. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> But was also another opportunity to meet like other co- students from other colleges and make those concerts and the rest. Wow. So I did that. I also but, joined but, but the Brian, African students. Continue. Team. I want to ask you, how does it feel to be like? How was the feeling like to be in Stanford? I know, like I think when you when you got there, like. Did you were you like her oh, god thank you finally like how do you balance that blend was that your first time leaving the country yes that was my first time leaving oh. the country and my first yeah so how was that whole feeling like you're ivy league you know Charlie? like Charlie, you're in one of the <laughs> best universities in the world how was so the thing is, is hmm, it's very interesting i know we're almost out of time but you know i'll just continue and tell you and maybe one time i'll share with you but when I got to Stanford, I don't lie to you, in so many, I didn't experience what most people call the imposter syndrome. I do experience the imposter syndrome at Yale med- Medical School. Yes. To Stanford, it was like, first it was mesmerized. I was mesmerized by the place. It's a beautiful campus. And they were equally amazing people, like very fun, loving. You know, I was expecting like everybody to see their body, you know, because, you uh-huh. know, Actually, coming best in India, best in China, best in you know, like I was expecting people to come and show pressure, right? Yeah, but the first, was, the first thing I went for was the international student orientation, so it was just full of international students. People were genuinely curious about getting to know each other, really excited about being there, and we're down to have a good time, right? So, my first few weeks during the orient- international student orientation, then the American and Canadian students came, and we had a new student orientation for everyone. I'm not going to lie. It was excitement. It was novelty. It was bliss. I was in a new place, meeting new right. people. Right, people, <laughs> people really couldn't understand my accent. I'm not going to lie. So that was the only thing where it's like I had to repeat myself a lot of times, or I had to take my time to see certain things again. But aside that, it was amazing. And then quickly, school started, and there was a major dip. I felt drowned round cookies i can't even describe i felt like what is happening because you know for a lot of time all of my educational spaces have been semi-structured for you right so when you're in ghs primary and even shs you have a particular class there's a timetable and what have you now i was in a school where it's like first year there's no major you're not you're not assigned any major you're just exploring classes and everything so you have to meet with a mentor but you have to be responsible of taking like you know signing into classes and figuring out where the classes are and showing up on time and you know submitting p sets on time like there wasn't right so i felt really out of place and i also felt a bit lonely during those times because suddenly all the new friends i had made during orientation and the rest were all busy figuring out their own lives <laughs> <laughs> right? so it wasn't like uh, they were meeting for lunch every day or yeah that felt really drowning but i feel like this is something we call it a culture shock 
you were in yeah. a new place, you are discovering new things, you know, like you said after the bus, after the, you know the wave of the excitement was of suddenly you begin to feel like there's so much difference I'm encountering now that I'm processing now that I'm going through, and then it begins to really hit you. But gradually, like mm-hmm. I started making friends, I found the Center for African Studies, which became my home for the rest of time. I found, you know, people within my dorm I could relate to with my four friends. Shout out to Stanley Kelsey. It's like, it's like a Brian, Brian, wait, fast forward to your four years in Stanford. I know we can go on and on. Fast forward to your four years in Stanford and looking back at all the activities, I mean, all the events of your life which happened, what would you, like, what major point would you give to someone who has not had things figured out that kind of frustration depression what would you tell the person how how would you tell the person to keep up moving i would highlight three points now yes the sir. first would be give yourself the patience and the grace to explore and to grow in the sense that give yourself the patience and the grace to explore and to grow thank you second point you don't need to elaborate on the first one, so I should just give the points. Wait, Brian, I, I, I'm, I'm losing you. Second point, the network. Okay, <laughs> yeah, second, the second point. point. Self and step outside of the comfort zone, but not into the conflict zone. Is that Again, what? I could what is the second point? I lost you. And step out of your comfort zone, but not into the conflict zone. And I can challenge yourself and step out of your comfort zone but not into your conflict zone yes and the third point be grateful be grateful wow be grateful for wow. your community for the people who cheer you on the people who criticize you the people who call you in the people who are there to pick you up when you literally cannot and to god be grateful wow so we should give ourselves the patience and the grace to grow and now we should challenge ourselves. But I think the second point elaborates a bit for me. Yes. Since that, so uh, one of my professors at school described this, right? We usually have three different zones we usually exist in. There's a safe zone. The safe zone is where you are not challenged at all. You are surrounded by people you love. You are surrounded by, you know, friends, family. You are very comfortable, right? Okay. It's a good right. place to be in. It's a good place to heal ultimately it's not a good place to learn because most likely people think like you people are not going to challenge you there's not much good happening do you get me yeah so you think of that zone as the innermost circle and it's usually three circle that is the comfort the learning zone and so that yeah. zone is where you know learning happens you're encountering different you are encountering you know growth different perspectives new opportunities to learn you're putting yourself into places you've never been in you're uncomfortable a bit but ultimately yeah. you're not that uncomfortable to a point where like it is now deleterious to you yeah so that zone is usually coded yellow then we have the ultimate zone which is the safe the conflict zone that is a yeah. zone where like you are so uncomfortable it's no longer healthy for you. No learning is also happening in that zone because you are surrounded by people, you know, in so many ways are not there to help you grow, but are there to bring you down. You know, you are, it's either you are being a workaholic, you're stressing yourself too much that it's almost... I think becoming, I'm in that zone. I have to leave. <laughs> yeah, you need to really, really, really find ways to come back to the learning zone. 
where it's like you are not too comfortable but you are being challenged but you're also not to the point where it's almost like not like helpful for you do you get me yeah wow but i i, I think you have hit these three points which like i really wanted us to hit but i want to say congratulations on getting to yale medical school i i, I mean i mean you are one of the people i look up to like you're always challenging the status quo like right from stanford you're in yale uh, uh, i'm also looking at you cookies hey, i'm looking at no, i want to, you. to ask you i want to ask you one question right well, um does all these like i mean stanford i went to stanford i'm now in yale does it get into your head or how do you manage it i don't know i don't know if you get my question like are you at a point where it's like we outside the world is like hey brian has made it but you, you are inside you are like actually i want to get out of medical i want to be a doctor like that kind of how do you balance that kind of i don't know whether you have made it you are not made it yeah it doesn't get into my head that would be a big lie because i you know, <laughs> yeah, i'm just being truthful i, like I feel like you know, yeah if you're in if you're in such a spaces where people usually like uh assessing you based on institutions you are affiliated with right after right. so many times like the hype will get to you but yeah. one thing i would really with me and the kind of future i want to grow where yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a lot of global health work and the rest i'll be working with different people from different communities and the rest don't afford to let this get to you because then it takes away from you like the vision plan and in so many yeah. ways under the opportunities to grow up do you get me? Ultimately, Stanford and Yale are great institutions, but they are not perfect. Do you get me? And there are so yeah. many things to enforce and uphold that if you as an individual do not assess for yourself and also blindly uphold, it could corrupt your own morals and your own values. Do you get me? And yeah. so for me, as a place like Yale and the rest, I'm grateful to God I'm there. I'm grateful for the privilege and the influence that he has provided me. But ultimately, it's like, okay, Yale is not the stand yield is not the destination is the vehicle right Ooh. and so what do you want to accomplish with this opportunity and what do i want to do with this like you know board of classmates and professors and funding resources and research opportunities that i want to do because you well it happens do you get to so it's like keeping your mind on sort of like that ultimate goal and you know being reflective taking time to check yourself and being open to critical feedback and growth-centered calling in from people whose advice and mentorship you cherish i think it's really important so yes like it gets to me sometimes but i try my best to make sure that it doesn't you know, get to you yeah. to be done besides stanford and you do you get yeah wow wow i i think you have really today i've really i think every time i talk to you i really learn a lot and i'm grateful like my listeners i think i met brian at um innovate ghana the first time i saw him i'm like 2016 i'm like this guy didn't school in ghana like you see i'm not not to say anything bad about educational system when you see somebody from abroad you know and i i really like like everything about brian the fact that like at innovate i look at you you coordinating everything and in the oh, evenings you're working yeah you're working on your school work and everything it gives me that kind of and you have a, a blend like you're schooling you're balancing it i think you do it so well i learned from you i just want to say thank you thank you brian i mean one key point from your three points you mentioned is to be grateful i think that's the main message i want to um share to everyone out here 
like we should be grateful we should connect the dots and be grateful like it's one day you would appreciate it but even i want us to take time to appreciate like what we have as brian said like be grateful to your to god for the support system be grateful for your friends your loved ones everything like let me even read the quotes again before we end you cannot connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards so you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future you have to trust in something your guts destiny life karma whatever it is you are trusting please trust this approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life if you i think right after this episode take time and listen to steve jobs commencement speech at stanford and you really appreciate it. I think I got to hear of it like last year during my retreat and I've kept it so close to me like always I want as you said like people you have to when I got to learn about Steve Jobs and he's like he's a real mentor like whatever demigod we want to call him but I feel he has a lot to talk about that we learn from so Brian thank you very much for making time for me I thank you that your story is really like very real and authentic to inspire someone. I mean, most people in, in our generation right now, when things don't go as planned, we tend to give up, we tend to get frustrated, mm-hmm. depressed. But I like the fact that you you mentioned that you built mental resilience, you move forward, like, and you took mm-hmm. advantage of opportunities that were presented to you. That's one thing, like taking advantage mm-hmm. and making the best out of it. Brian, do you have any last words before we end the episode? <laughs> Thank you too, Cookies, because I feel like, you know, like, podcast for me is a demonstration of your commitment to youthful empowerment. I'm really grateful. Aww. Oh. don't let you know like because i know you are very busy like i know you so i know how busy you are you're very no, i'm not busy i'm running away from the busy trap <laughs> but like you know, not busy yeah that's great so like taking the time to do this and inviting me i'm really grateful and i'm glad that we had this opportunity to have a good conversation yeah so thank you thank you very much so listeners once again the Chris Coca podcast. We are here to demystify the era of the three C's, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, tremendous competition. I hope you learned a lot today. I'm looking forward to more episodes. I mean, I'll invite Brian again and so many other people. Thank you for sharing your story. All right, Mike, check out. Bye bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye.